Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piskor. We're going to be looking at uh, Weirdo 17 and specifically Robert Crumb's story about Philip K. Dick's uh, vision late in his life. But uh, before we do, I want to give out a couple of shouts to our latest comics, Ed Piskor's Red Room, the Antisocial Network, the collection of the first four issues of Red Room, is now available wherever books are sold while supplies last. Uh, I've been selling well from what I hear, but this is the perfect collection of comics for the horror fan on your Christmas list this holiday season, and um, Fanographics did a spectacular job of putting this book together. Yeah. Beautiful printing, top of the line, uh, some great extras in the back, and you can keep up with Red Room by joining Ed on Patreon, patreon.com slash where you can read the uh, early strips from the next Red Room story arc, Trigger Warnings. You can pick up one of my latest graphic novels, The Plain Janes, wherever books are sold, bookstores, comic book shops, whatever fits you, and uh, perfect for the young adult reader in your life, about a group of high school artists who begin doing public art in their little quiet suburban town and basically disrupt everything from local law enforcement to their fellow classmates. I like to call it my shoujo manga, 500 pages of uh, young adult madness. Uh, perfect, again, for the young adult reader on your Christmas or holiday list. And you can get that wherever you find books are sold. You can also join me on Patreon at patreon.com slash jimrug. But we are here, Ed, to talk about Weirdo 17 and this Philip K. Dick story. But before I turn the page, I have to have a, a couple minutes of this cover. These, the covers for Weirdo in general are some of my favorite Robert Crumb drawings. And this one is just uh, maybe one of the best <laughs> above and beyond. Like between the logo and the background and... Uh, just the appalled woman on the cover. This is magic. Oh, so so good. As, a, as an illustration, it's beautiful. As a piece of reverse psychology salesmanship, don't look at this. This is not a nice magazine. <laughs> that is freaking genius. But then just take a look at the freaking drawing. And dude, there is a shadow of this finger on that middle finger. This dude is so observant. Uh, I, I have this theory that uh, you look at Robert Crumb. He's got he's got terrible vision. He's got those those glasses that like magnify his eyes by a million percent and stuff. And I think like I don't know if you can do this easy, but like you could soften the focus of your eyes and make it blurry. And that's basically what I see when I don't have my glasses on. And I think that really helps a guy with that kind of like do this kind of hatching because he's probably like you know softening the focus or pulling back enough where he's just seeing like a very beautiful gray when he's doing the hatch stuff and i think that it that doesn't come if you have you know good vision and he can th super accurate with lighting color separations where he's cutting in these whites by hand uh he's he's famous for you know breaking in professionally with an art career at american greetings doing color separations so at this point he's got 25 years of experience cutting ruby lifts and and uh and bendet for color seps it's so funny as like a gag like a concept for a gag it all works but then you start looking closely at this background stuff and it's it's gross like it's Cronen so over the top of like wetness cronenberg you know? <laughs> levels of of body horror and yeah. i mean this is intestines with veins and stuff <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a doozy man and all these covers like i say are fantastic so did we say what issue number issue issue number 17 yeah yeah and uh signed is 1986 so part of that magical comics year yeah this would be the the peter bag uh 
era of editing and you could usually tell who edited it without seeing the name uh, by who lettered the letters column oh interesting yeah yeah i i don't have uh any i, I don't have a full collection of weirdos and so um hearing that kind of thing this that, is not a magazine i know well it's that clear peep bag hand lettering and you're talking you about can really like, see it in like the uh in the bold totally and that's peep bag right there uh but they're talking the previous issue here uh there's like ray pettibone uh, illustrations and people are responding to it like yeah i don't know about that pettibone guy <laughs> i kind of feel still feel that way at times <laughs> <laughs> so the religious experience of philip k dick I, as far as I can tell, a lot of this is adapted, and I think there's a note on the bottom of one of these. Um, most dialogue taken from the Last Testament, Philip K. Dick's 1985 uh, uh, text. There's a there's another uh, piece, another footer um, that is coming from some other place, also. So so he's compiling va various things to tell this story. Now, like as a kid, uh, when I discovered Robert Crumb and I was getting those complete Crumb comics. I read this strip before I actually ever read uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep or Ubik or any of that stuff. Like, like, so this is my introduction to Philip K. Dick, full stop. That's interesting. Yeah. That, that's really interesting. I was going to say, for anybody unfamiliar with this writer, um, you know, Blade Runner and Total Recall, two of the big movies that are based on his work. Not Paycheck? <laughs> but known as, a, uh, known as a science fiction writer. And then what happens is, has this bizarre experience in the mid-70s, uh, March 1974, where he has this, like, vision or something. Um, I think the way to describe it, and it's great, like, the cool part of this story is that this focuses on this experience, this really unusual experience that changes the whole trajectory of, of uh, Philip Dick's life. And he's recounting this, you know, it starts from this very painful experience of having a tooth extracted and then getting, uh, I guess, somebody who's coming from the pharmacy with his pain meds, sees this fish icon on her necklace, which is like an early Christian symbol, and the reflection of the light on it combined with, I don't know, his pain or something, and it has this religious experience, has this experience. I don't know if religion's even the right word for it, even though it starts with this Christian symbol, but has this experience of almost being possessed for like a year by this other intelligence you know this guy's a novelist magical thinker and there are these guys out there also california i don't know what it, what's up with cali man but too many sun rays in the head or something there's there's a lot of this kind of talk a lot of this kind of metaphysical talk that just happens there i don't know if uh if uh, like attracts like or something i'm a boy from pittsburgh man my parents worked at the steel mill and shit I don't know about any of that stuff and honestly a lot of that fucking when it, when i receive that information it's going in one ear and out the other and i'm chalking you up as a kook oh man i've got all kind of kooky stuff for you ed this is going to be a fun episode for this reason because part of the reason this got on my radar is uh you know it's 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 conspiracy stuff you yeah know? so we'll, we'll dive into this but the first bit of vision goes back to like biblical times where he suddenly feels like he's in this you know, Christian times, like like 2,000 years in the past, and he's seeing the world kind of through the life of this early Christian, seeing the world around him this way, almost like a vision. And uh, doesn't last very long the first time, but this this experience, and he calls it different stuff, uh, trans-temporal constancy, uh, you know, like a time displacement kind of thing, they begin to last longer. Um, you know, the, he describes this, whatever's in, invades his mind and in, assumes control of his motor centers and does stuff like he fires his agent. He kind of like 
changes the way he runs his business, which is very profitable. Talks about, you know, suddenly people were, he's getting checked for thousands of dollars, money that was owed him. So it's a bizarre thing, but he describes it as this other intelligence that kind of takes over. And the stuff that Crum chooses to illustrate or to, to, to show from this, uh, one example is he has kind of like a the, the thing, this intelligence explains to him that his son has this hernia that will that could kill him at any time. It, it, it says that he's got a, a defect. It, it's, it's vague. And so, so it's, all, it's like um, he's getting these notions, these kind of like uh, premonitions, but they're, they're fuzzy. So, but the thing is, he's, he's going with these, with these uh, you know, omens or whatever, and they're, they are all working out, and it's not going to be an exception with the son. But the idea is like, the boy's fucked up but we don't know why take him to the doctor today yes and the doctor says you know like like he could have died like that's what this sequence is um you know acting on this vision or this impulse or this voice and uh sure enough the doctor finds you know what 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 is wrong with the son saves his life but uh certainly you know like this kind of effect you can see maybe philip k dick was was a little skeptical at some point but just it's too weird it's too much stuff and these silver flames start to kind of like really uh engulf his vision of this thing whatever this voice is uh where he's seeing things as well as experiencing these weird temporal things you know going flashing back and forth sometimes this early christian that he's experiencing the world through at times sometimes that early christian is inhabiting his mind Look, or at least he thinks so and he has to explain like the contemporary world you know in terms that this guy isn't totally freaked out in his head look at the cartooning here though that's what i'm here for and he so he sees you know he started to become a fan of the little fish symbol and he sees like a little palm tree like on the sticker yeah. and then it, it is now that's triggering this experience man like where he's he's going back in time and it's, it's great it's like a three panel cart comic strip great, great and strip so this is modern day philip k dick getting transported and he gets transported into the a guy who was like one of these hidden christians like mm -hmm. when it had to be done on the sly before or else the romans will fucking crucify you fuck you up and as uh the early christian like he's like dreaming of like his future self so it's just like yeah, and that's thing. Uh, another neat comics trick is where like you can make them look similar in certain ways, right? Because you're, you're, who knows what this guy looks like? So it's up to Crumb to make visuals. This is that note, Ed, you said there was a yeah. footnote of another uh, source, a 1981 interview with Greg Rickman. So, you know, these aren't uh, obscure. Like you could find like where this story is coming from if you if you were interested in more of this. Here's the other thing, Jimmy. Are you about to go back a page? No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. I I, I thought, um, this is very early... Uh, Robert Crumb brush inking, which he sort of went to like in the 80s a little mm -hmm. bit, gave that shit a shot, and uh, would use it in like Hup. Uh, a couple of strips here would ultimately settle back into the, the dip pen, but worth noting for um, his experimentation because, you know, he, he'll do interesting, weird little formal things in terms of like the comics. He would, you know, do these non sequitur kind of avant garde kind of comics, but he almost always had the same kind of pen and ink style. Uh, this is an early brush uh, attempt. 
Yeah, you can really see it in some places, like the, it looks like brush strokes on her shirt. But then there's other places, like some of these little speck lines, he'll, where he'll I use, wonder if he's if he's doing both. He'll and, use pen in spots, because he's definitely using pen for for the lettering. Mm -hmm. So, like, why not just add a couple of little finicky marks? Feels like this kind of silver flame would be, the, the edges, the line work around the flames would be a, really a challenge to do with a brush. Totally. Not impossible, but very unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so... The rest of this strip is just kind of explaining, you know, this experience, which eventually it does leave him. And he spends the rest of his life writing about it, trying to write about it, writes um, 8,000 pages, a million words, four novels are based on those writings. He calls it the exogenesis of Philip K. Dick, uh, most of which has not been published. But it is this profound experience that runs over, you know, some time, a, a year or so and then just informs like everything he does after that. I think this poor bastard just got bumped into with some of that MK Ultra <laughs> li liquid acid and he got fucked up. So so uh, we've seen the precursor pieces about like, you know, the hidden Christians and how they had to like, you know, have little um, body language things so that they could subvert the Roman Empire whenever they wanted to talk. And, and here's the modern day version where he's like, if I touch my button, that means you got to button up because you know there's a Roman nearby, and the Rome, you know the right. the man, uh, John Q. Law, would be the modern guys of you know those Roman Pontius Pilate characters. He couldn't drive whenever that guy's like in his head. I hope not. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Had man. to give up the ability to drive for uh, for for a time, and you know trying to describe what it is calls it the spirit of Elijah at one point. And you can imagine if you were describing this, every single like new wave, anything would, would, would have something that would fit. <laughs> um, the fun one that I came across is the black Knight satellite, which is this uh, orbiting thing that who knows how long it's been orbiting. Who knows if it's even orbiting, but the idea of like some higher uh, intelligence an AI, if you will, that's been around throughout human history. And, uh, there are references in like Tesla's writing and stuff to this kind of like intelligence. Alan Moore talks about, you know, the idea of like ideas being sort of in the space. And that's why like seven people come up with the same idea at once. It's the same kind of concept, almost that it's this frequency that's out there. Um, so, uh, you know, one of his books, Valis, is acronym and it means vast active living intelligence system, which is essentially in some circles, this Black Knight satellite. So I just thought it was kind of fun to do that in the context of like, I always think of Al of, uh, of Crumb and the idea of mm, maybe government testing acid on civilians yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the Haight-Ashbury district. Totally. And if you read like that Charles Manson book, Chaos, it just feels like it's fuel to the fire of these kinds of ideas of, I don't know, big ideas. But you know, like I look at Crumb and I think, why do this story, right? What's his connection to this? What interests him? And, uh, and it makes me think of that, you know, like having that idea of like something in your head or being tuned into something for, for a piece, for, for a spell, for a time. And uh, it's kind of interesting, interesting subject. And Philip K. Dick, a really good subject for that idea, just because, you know, he writes one way for most of his life and then spends 10 years writing in this other direction after this experience. So kind of a cool story to be buried in Weirdo 17. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's certainly a, had, a, had a life beyond. It's been reprinted a whole lot because this period of, of crumb strips, it's it's really he's he's getting a little bit. He's getting more focused, you know, as a as a cartoonist. It's not just like saying yes to every job and doing mm -hmm. just like page after page of all kinds of nonsense like like he uh, really started getting into, you know, deeper comic strip making, you know, it's not, it's not often, um, it's not often like his, 
his comic book narrative that that's like the the influence usually it's like the graphomania draw all the time kind of energy that's that's the 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 influence that he has but he's channeling like from this distance right here he's channeling like wally wood i corresponded with spain rodriguez uh when, when i was just breaking in and was and he would talk about how like he and crumb have been trying to crack the wally wood double lighting for 30 years and that there's an example right there that's fantastic he at this point would have uh there's that other the like before the crumb documentary there was a bbc documentary um that you could find just on youtube it's an hour long it's good but he's the guy who really unearthed jay disbrow uh as being a kind of an influence and it's the jay disbrow artwork that that is influencing like this brush inking period also look at the globalists yes exactly there it is right there the bilderbergs mm -hmm. you know the the, the um trilateral commission <laughs> is that what they're or the committee all of it yeah yeah <laughs> keep going these are great <laughs> uh yeah so it's kind of fun it's it's neat from uh you know again conspiracy stuff crumbs evolution philip k dick is an interesting writer like there's just a lot in this strip and it's neat to see crumb approaching as you say ed like like stretching artistically because this is kind of non-fiction right you know it's doing a biography it could be very straight and boring and yet he's finding places to do these very interesting sequences and series of panels and like cool visuals you know like how do you how do you represent two thousand years apart these characters having similar experiences um, it's just a it's it's a really great cartoonist finding interesting material to spend time with and to kind of explore in comics. So, like I said, when I came across it, it just kind of popped to me, and it felt like this is worthy of uh, let's look at it and talk about it a little bit because I think there is so much unique material to this strip. Yeah, yeah, his comics of this time, man, like like each one begs a little investigation, no doubt. I love finding these cartoonists who are, they're master cartoonists. It's a short list of, of people that will be on a list with Robert Crumb in terms of comics. But to see them like, I don't know, 20, 25 years in and, and pushing and exploring. Just gets tighter and tighter. And, and like when we talk master cartoonist, that doesn't mean just drawing. Right. It means populating the background with the exact right stuff to create that cloistered suffocating environment like you could smell this room you know it smelled just like your grandma's oh, crib or something just like, like that it. extracted wisdom tube yeah <laughs> but uh just no fake in anything putting the exact kind of stuff in each panel that's that being needs able to, be to go from this kind of a background to this kind of a background that's fantastic yeah see this would be the jay disbrow this is the jay disbrow kind of compositional stuff that uh he would he would put in there by the way cool. happy happy to look at jay disbrow uh anytime the other part ed you mentioned you know like being a cartoonist isn't just the the characters or funny faces or anything it's not just the backgrounds or the visuals either it's finding a subject that allows you to sort of like i'm interested in this find the writing like i think about that last volume of alex toth that we looked at and how toth you know recognized that his shortcomings is, is not writing his own material limited his ability to produce that masterpiece like finding that material that subject matter that allows you to stretch those wings is uh is part of the comics uh, part of being a cartoonist you know is like finding the subject matter that that really you can dig into Ma making comics is time consuming it's not easy you got to be able to uh sit down and deal with it for a while and sometimes it's a subject matter that carries you on that excites you about 
putting putting the comic together this five six whatever however many pages it is it reads like a 22 page comic like yeah. it's 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 super rich i mean you see the density of the text and everything but uh it, it, there are no wasted words like it, it all needs to be here yeah yeah, it's good stuff, man. There's so many of these panels. We can just keep pointing out these little details. But, uh, you know, if you're watching it at home, spend some time with it because uh, there's a lot of wonder in, in these eight pages. Yeah, like drawing, like little stuff like that, like really figuring that out, really capturing the laying on that. That's the stuff that like I would just marvel at with him. And you need this part to pull off the flames coming up the walls and his recognition of like i'm freaking out here something's <laughs> not right but you have to have the part that is right so that you recognize it's grounded in reality and now the parts that aren't real stand out yeah fantastic, that's all i got man. ed fantastic man this always uh juices me up to get back to the drawing board k favors like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available what do you have out there jimmy join me on patreon.com slash jim rug where you can download a dozen out of print zines and mini comics of mine you can see a lot of my original art layout scripts how i make comics i make like street angel plain janes and octobriana that is all at patreon.com slash jim rug red room the anti-social network book collection in stores now it is going quick uh amazon bought more than half the print run that uh, stock is depleting very rapidly uh, you can uh, pre-order while you're at the comic shop the next round of red room comics is going to begin in december with red room trigger warnings issue number one it's going to hit the stands then uh, i'm serializing those comics on my patreon as we speak the complete uh, first issue of trigger warnings is up there three bucks gets you the archive my link tree provides links to to all that i just described what else jim subscribe to the cartoonist kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video you can also find cartoonist kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. All right, man. Give them those merchant orders. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.